Welcome to the Cambridge Judge Business School Podcast Centre. Research by Dr. Shima Barakat reveals an uneven entrepreneurial landscape. Women, even though their interpersonal skills are as good as, if not better than their male counterparts, have steeper hills to climb. Dr. Barakat is responsible for the coordination and development of both the academic teaching and research portfolios of Cambridge Judge Business School's Centre for Entrepreneurial Learning. She predicts that life is going to get even harder for women entrepreneurs as government cuts eat into sources of funding. Regional development agencies are being axed and they've been a regular financial starting place for enterprising women. Dr. Barakat's paper is The Impact of Entrepreneurship Education. She summarised her findings and looked to the future. Although there's been a lot of money poured into entrepreneurship education initiative, there's actually a lot that we still need to know about the impact we are having on our students. And our research has shown that we have different impacts on ethnicities. We have different impacts between men and women. And therefore, when we design and deliver uh, entrepreneurship education, we as educators need to be much more aware and sensitive to who our students are. And as a nation, I think we really need to focus on the issue of women entrepreneurs. How do we train them? How do we support them? How do we plug them into network communities? They are and they have the skills to be excellent networkers. And yes, their access to networks is limited. So bringing it all together, focus on the student and make sure they're both trained and plugged into the appropriate networks. You've researched, you've, you've, you've worked around the different companies in Cambridge, around the Cambridge cluster. What conclusions have you drawn from that about entrepreneurship? Is it, is it, is it a single-person existence, or are we looking for something wider now? Have things changed? It's very much about teams. It's people who get together, three, four of them, and you see them changing in different uh, configurations, but forming company after company. It's, you work with people you trust, and together you get something done. You can't really do it all on your own. Are people reluctant to do that? You have, you, you have the bright idea and you get the backing. You think, right, that's it. I'm off and running. In the younger generation, definitely. Um, or maybe I should say in the, in the less experienced entrepreneurs, there is a reluctance to share ideas. There's, there's a fear that if I share my idea, someone's going to steal it. But we keep telling students and people we meet that actually, if you keep it in your head, you're not going to be able to do it all on your own and it's not going to be the next big idea. You need to rally interest, develop your idea, get commitment and push it forward and you'll need a lot of people to do that. One of the issues that, that you discuss in your paper is a, an old subject and that is that there are two different types of programmes, aren't there, that can be clearly identified. There are programmes about entrepreneurship and there are programmes that are for entrepreneurship. That's definitely a debate that's going to go on for some time because it's it's only actually a fairly new debate. Um, for a long time, entrepreneurship was taught just like any other subject. And don't get me wrong, I'm not insinuating that entrepreneurship has been taught for that long. But it started off being taught like in any other subject. You go to lectures, you hear about it, and that's about entrepreneurship. But in fact, that's where all the debate started of saying, well, you can't teach entrepreneurship that way. And we would completely agree. You can't teach entrepreneurship by hearing just stories about it. We strongly believe, and that's where my research also uh, is showing evidence, that you need 
to do it yourself. And that's education for entrepreneurship. So the best teachers of entrepreneurship are the entrepreneurs? Yes, absolutely. We, so what role do academics play in it then? I'm so glad you asked that question. We actually are curriculum developers. We make sure it's uh, properly underpinned by theory. The classes follow each other. They're coherent. They make sense along the entrepreneurship journey. But actually, the students learn from people who've done it. They see how it's done firsthand, the actual implementation issues, the personal struggles. That's more than anyone can teach them with books and slides. Let me quote a sentence from uh, your paper. The purpose of this is to explore the efficacy-building properties of the different natures of the teaching methods of entrepreneurship education programs, contributing to the debate around the content and teaching methods of entrepreneurship education and how entrepreneurs actually learn. Well, you've covered already some of that, but there's a phrase that comes in there, and it's repeated several times, self-efficacy. Self-efficacy, particularly entrepreneurial self-efficacy, is actually about your self-confidence to be entrepreneurial. So it's not general self-confidence, it's very specific. It's about whether you have that confidence to be entrepreneurial. And we use it because it's a very good predictor and it has been proved over, over and over again within our research, but also by other people over the last 20 years, that it can actually predict the likelihood of you being entrepreneurial at some point in the future. And therefore, you don't need to wait for 10 years to measure the impact of your course to see whether someone actually starts a business or uh, joins an entrepreneurial team or the like. If your confidence to be entrepreneurial is high, so your entrepreneurial self-efficacy is high, it means you will be more resilient in the face of setbacks. And as everybody knows, when you're being entrepreneurial, you do have a lot of setbacks. You will hear a lot of no's. But the higher your self-efficacy, the more likely you are to try again, to change, to keep going. You won't give up and you will just keep doing. In the course of your research, you look at different businesses, you talk to different people. Do you look at the, the genetic side of, of uh, entrepreneurship? I mean, is, is it a family thing? Does it run through the bloodlines? It's interesting you should say it runs through bloodlines. I don't think it's a biological thing. But one finding that consistently comes up is actually if you've got a father who's an entrepreneur, you are far more likely to be an entrepreneur yourself or at least be entrepreneurial. And we can speculate on why that is, but actually nobody at this stage really knows. And it's not your mother, so it's not a parent. It really is whether your father is an entrepreneur. Okay, so you talk about mothers and fathers. Let's look at men and women. Who are the better entrepreneurs? Our research has found that the psychological makeup of men and women are different. And in terms of their entrepreneurial self-efficacy, which we break down into three parts, uh, general self-efficacy, interpersonal self-efficacy, and technical self-efficacy, women actually consistently score higher on entrepreneurial self-efficacy. Therefore, they are more willing to form relationships, to get out there and network, whereas the men have higher general entrepreneurial self-efficacy, so their um, confidence in their ability to start a business and manage that business is much higher, as well as their technical self-efficacy. 
from your research, what what do you deduce? Do you deduce that that women have got greater interpersonal skills against male entrepreneurs in, in comparison to male entrepreneurs? It's not actually an objective measure of skills, but their confidence in doing something. And therefore, if you are more confident, particularly in a networking situation, you can imagine you're much more likely to go to a networking event, to approach someone, to speak some, to someone, to be much more relaxed in the way you speak to someone and therefore build that relationship of uh, trust and understanding. So that self, your interpersonal self-efficacy being higher should make you a much more comfortable and able networker. On the subject of this, this male-female divide, have you found or do you feel that male entrepreneurs get better support than, than their women counterparts? There seems to be evidence that they have access to more support. And in terms of education, our findings from the research has found that we, we and I, I mean that in a generic UK-wide entrepreneurship educations, uh, educators, we seem to impact the men differently. Our programs, although may have a similar impact on men and women, in absolute terms, the women remain disadvantaged because they start off at a lower point. So women consistently are less self-efficacious than men, which means their confidence in their abilities to be entrepreneurial are consistently lower. And by the end of our programs, they remain lower. And that is a serious problem because they will be less likely to be entrepreneurial. They'll be less likely to start a business. They'll be less likely to get out there to try and do something. And we don't have programs that make sure that the women are actually pushed up to the same level as men. And we're about to have further problems by the dissolutions of the regional development agencies, which were arguably the single source of support to women entrepreneurs. That was Dr. Shima Barakat of Cambridge Judge Business School's Centre for Entrepreneurial Learning. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School. 